0: His
1: spidey senses tingling. Little big shade.
0: Who are the five hottest podcast hosts of all time? Dylan, 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 and Dylan, because he spits hot fire the paper keg podcast uh spit to you on red hot fire by none other than slim this is your paper keg show episode 234
1: welcome paperkeg.com you know three friends associates at this point acquaintances get together barely
0: associated to
1: talk about a book club they all read this week, BKV scross We stand on guard. Now can you clap? you clap? Now
2: can you clap for them killers? Give it up for them gangsters.
0: One time for them killers.
1: Double up for them gangsters. And we'll read your letters. Live to tape At the end of the show Letters at paperkeg.com You know, what happens to friendships After 234 episodes? Really, who knows? Only we know You know, the tattered remains Of one, what once was yeah. I mean, I'm in a great mood I just got these these fresh long johns In the mail tonight Ooh, long I'm wearing them right hmm. now you didn't even you didn't even Thermals. put them in the washer and dryer yet. Mm. No, f, f that. Man. I said, just get it's like that
0: body. pre-wash when they're a little baggy, so you're like, these are gonna fit great. And then, I mean, look how know. look
1: how tight this Ooh. is. I'm showing my arm right now. Oh my gosh, it feels amazing. What's that circulation level, babe? In this forearm? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a show. We have uh, three living hosts. Uh, one of which clinging to life. Uh, according to the Jawbone app, getting maybe three or four hours of sleep a night off air. He was bragging to me about it, about how he thinks he can cheat life. Uh, we all know that's not the case. Smart coach knows that that's not the case. Who's on my ass? Smart coach. Jonesy loves beer. Writer, welcome back. Oh, there it is.
0: Uh, you know, uh, marathon four-hour recording sesh tonight. I got my patented Blue Monster And I'm ready to tell you What people
1: ask me, Slim I'll
0: Drink it Drink it
1: Oh my um, <laughs> in peace, Gen Z. You know, when we're at Gen Z's doctor's office After this tragic event happens He'll be asking us What happened? You know, what was he doing In the final days? And we said, you know We were up at Eleven o'clock. He was drinking full throttle. He was saying he's <laughs> going to play video games right after, and he didn't care what that meant for his body. Doc, you well,
0: know, that's it. I burn the candle at all three ends. That's right. I burn it at the right end, the correct end, the butt end, and a third mysterious end that must be somewhere around the equator of the candle.
2: I don't I'll tell means. you, if anything, though, once we delivered Jonesy's doctor that news, Jonesy's doctor puts a framed picture of him up in his office wall right next to James Dean. Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed.
1: And then maybe he just meme texts at the bottom, what do you got <laughs> at, the, at the bottom of Gen Z's photo? Oh, man. Uh, VP of merch, VP of, of, of paper keg, let's be frank here. You know, our Twitter's through the roof. <laughs> Not our Facebook, but Dale's Facebook is through the roof the right way. now. VP of Social, no VP Marketing. Uh, Dale, welcome back to the show.
2: It's great to be back on the show. You know, I'm really feeling like we're at some sort of peak right now. We got several things planned at at the bare minimum for the evening. Uh, you know, and looking out ahead, I don't even know if Slim's going to be on the show next week. We're that organized. <laughs> he will tell me as he's in La France... Uh, La France, uh, you know the six, only eight-hour time difference. I'll be uh, dead in bed, Nine and he will be like, "Oh, by the way, I'm not there, scumbag Dale. It's, Figure it I, out."
1: I think, I think it's a six-hour difference. I know that much. I don't know a whole lot about my trip, but I know it's six mm. hours. Okay, and I most definitely will not be on uh, next week's show, mm. Dale, uh, or the week or the week after. Mm. So that's two mm. weeks. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, you
2: know, Jonesy's doctor is going to have uh, a picture of us uh, around a paper keg table <laughs> or next to Jonesy's framed picture, next to James Dean.
0: You it's know. just your podcast desk. Yeah. Like <laughs> in your basement with like a shawl, like uh, draped oh my God. over like the microphone like you would do like a freshly, you know, a fresh corpse. You just have that one blanket notated that it was over.
2: This is, Jen, this is Jen's I'm this is doctor in his office. Of Swims in, in France. He Don't wanna say alive when you're twenty-five. And when you sealing close
0: with Marks and Sparks, and Freddy's got spots for ripping up the side from his face. Funky little boat.
2: Television man is crazy. Sam with juvenile delinquent wrecks. Oh man, I need That's it. I mean we're just gonna we're totally icarusing right now, flying too close to the sun, but we're having fun doing it. And that's how young people think, you know, they don't think about the future, they don't think about, you know, investing in stocks and bonds and diversifying, you
0: know? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: So, you know, the James Dean of podcasts.
1: <laughs> Speaking of which, right around the corner, our book club this episode, we stand on guard. <laughs> we stand on guard from Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Scross. Steve, legendary artist, storyboard for the, to the stars, the Wachowskis. Uh, he's come out of comic retirement for this book. We'll get into that. Right around the corner, this episode. So do you do you two have something big cooked up for the next week? Absolutely not. Yeah, you know, are there machinations happening? You know, uh, schematics being drawn up, potential book clubs.
0: Not ev- It's not even moved from the back burner to the medium burner. It's like still, you know, that part of your microwave oven where like you can't quite reach. Like into the back, like your toaster oven type scenario. There's like a trap with the crumbs in it, mm-hmm. and you just can't quite clean there. That's that's where we are right now.
2: <laughs> but we're looking. But we're at least looking in that direction. We had to. We have to overcome tonight's mountain, and then we can start looking at.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, we got We'll probably talk about it tomorrow, so Jonesy can get nice and read up by tomorrow night for next week's book club, <laughs> and then he'll. And then, then he'll,
1: yeah, he'll text yeah. us like ten times. You guys finished? <laughs> Just FYI, it's like you know, it's a lot. I'm finished. By the way, yeah. are well, you guys started to go. yet? Because I'm finished. It's one a.m. I'm
2: texting you at one a.m. Uh, day of recording. I'm good to go, guys. Uh, I don't know about you, Just but cracked I'm, open I'm fine. my other
1: full throttle. <laughs> sends an audio file of him opening it. Do you guys start yet? I'm because fi- I'm finished. And it only
2: took one time. I expect to be you to totally reply back. Paddled. It's one a.m. You're probably going to reply back to me, right? That's why I'm replying to
1: you right now. <laughs> Well,
0: I can't get you to reply at seven fifteen p.m. So maybe one a.m. Oh, here we go. But where here, it comes.
1: here we go. Here we go. It's coming. Oh, out. I'm sorry. Here come, here come the nights. That knives, screeching was the folks. tables being turned. <laughs> <sighs> uh, this is a big episode, Brian K. Vaughn. You know, we we chatted about I think Private Eye more mm. recently. We haven't done Saga yet. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of our our next picks outside of X Factor. That fiasco. Um. I have a feeling Saga might be m- more well received than uh, X Factor. Should we ever do Saga?
2: Yeah, I mean we might not necessarily do it anytime soon. You know, t- uh, you know, your vitamin B K V. You, you can't <laughs> just take too much of that at once. It's, it's it'd be like drinking a uh, uh, two blue monsters in one
1: night. You know? <laughs> Done it. Oh, my word. Done it. Paltry. Put that on your uh, gravestone, please. We'll send that to you. We'll, we'll we'll conference your doctor tonight to take care of the the details for
0: On my headstone, I want two blue monster size cup holders <laughs> chipped into this stone so that people can leave it there on my you know death anniversary. Two blue monsters, you know, symmetry symmetrical, you know, not like two on one side or two on the other side, just like one on one side, one on the other. Just yeah. to make sure it's good. It looks good.
1: That's all I need. Uh, I wanted to... Maybe we'll save this for a fireside. I don't want to bring too much vitriol. Um, The 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 red-hot fire that Jonesy served up Dale for that announcement post on Tumblr. Oh, my God. Uh, How it was lacking in content. But we'll save that. We'll get to that later. We have a big book club to get to. (laughs) Jonesy, can you walk us through some vitamin BKV? We stand on guard. I just... got
0: me. You got me. I knew it. You set you me up me. big time. You did. That ball lingered in the air for a good 15 seconds mm-hmm. for you to spike it. You know? Even <laughs> we're at odds. So I rush to open other. Spotify, mm-hmm. you know, again, on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is We Stand On Guard? <clears throat> About 100 years in our future, uh, water, not oil, is the hot commodity. You know, uh, climate change and blight have made it so that fresh water is scarce, uh, much like the uh, current political climate, where some assume that the United States is starting up oil wars in foreign countries, uh, the U.S. starts a, a water war, which is sounds much more delightful than it ends up being, uh, with our neighbors to the north, uh, Canada. And We Stand on Guard is about the freedom fighters and Canadian heroes uh, about two centuries from now that stand on guard against the uh, uh, slobbering maw that is the ravenous, thirsty Americans as they try to conquer the entire world, starting with our
1: lovable, brave, honorable neighbors to the north. Uh, <laughs> I feel like a slobbering maw should be the byline for the next Battlefield, game. Call of Duty <laughs> slobbering, slobbering maw. maw.
0: <laughs> so, and the the main characters are, uh, I believe it's called the Two Four. It's like what's left of the Western Canadian uh, militia slash freedom force. Uh, they come upon uh, Amber, who is a self trained survival uh semi orphan you know she's got a brother and uh she joins up with these um resistance fighters and the 6 issue mini is about basically her travels with uh this gang uh and basically her arch nemesis which is this they call her the american she's like the she's like Adolf Hitler times a million and she's like some military commander that's in charge of the invasion of Canada.
1: And I don't know if she's she's in charge. She's kind of is she in charge of the invasion or she's just like the inquisitor type uh, character. Well,
0: I don't think they know. She's identified as like a CIA spook, but a lot of people report to her in the military and I think she herself only reports to I want to say like a senator. Like it's not clear in the chain of command where she is, so maybe Probably some lobbyist, maybe overstepping, scum. you know, her her rank and file. Uh, but it is clear that United States is awful in this book. Uh, that is not a mystery, and the series ends with quite a bang. We stand on guard, right. So,
2: what a concept, right? I mean, it's the art. I mean, first off, let's get it out there. Art is beautiful in this book. Oh, god, gorgeous! Um, I've never Every single panels of joy. Yeah, the, and the colors are—they're just perfect. I don't know. I think Matt Hollingsworth did colors, maybe, or self. Get the intern on it. I'm looking it up now because I, I I just spouted some false knowledge. I know that now. You know, you're at the mercy of my iPad 3 here. So Jesus. Matt. The Matt Hollingsworth on colors. Boom. Um yeah. But the The scope I I don't know. I I mean it's it's such a cool concept, and the scope managed to be so big yet only centered around this militia, this Western Canadian militia of eight people. Which was pretty, cr- which is pretty crazy thing to accomplish. I mean, because of the, especially considering the uh, the sophisticated war machines and like battleship esque, um, war machines of the future that that bring such size and. Um, a, it's like a, a a gigantic war and yet self-contained and manageable by
0: this eight-person team that's fighting yeah, the U.S. I thought that, I, I first of all, I really enjoyed the book, so don't take my next comment out of context. But I thought in a way that this book was a little out of balance uh, and I understand it's the future and conventional weapons are supposed to even, I guess, the battlefield, whereas it's conceivable that an eight-person squad could essentially end a uh, invasion. And maybe, you know, the, the one of the messages of the book is that, you know, you, you individual person can do anything if you put your mind to it, and I'm sure it was, but... I think this book would have made more sense if it was just a snapshot of the Canadian resistance and, and maybe a smaller victory than this eight-man squad essentially saving the world in six issues. I thought that part of the story was a little out of whack.
1: And... I wonder... Sorry, no, Rob, go ahead. Z, um, towards the end, you know, the the, the the militia does have, like, a big win against the us in that area was it a a resounding victory or was it just one battle because even the one character said that like we don't need to win the war we just have to have like one win so when i when i read the ending i wasn't sure if it was like canada has prevailed i kind of viewed it as you know they finally they they hit a single or a double and then like us left to lick their wounds and they would probably just go somewhere else to get the water
0: well this this is where I need a little clarification and maybe you can help me out. Uh, I understand the climax was that the uh, Canadian militia wanted to release uh, a large amount of arsenic in the Great Lakes region so that it would make the, I don't know if you want to call it inert, but it would render the water as a resource inert so that no one could have it and kind of like Burning the crops so that the invading army can't eat. Yeah, you know, they were basically gonna make their own water undrinkable so that the Americans would leave. Did they succeed in doing that? Or was it more that the French actor got his message out there and maybe was changing minds in the public view and the Americans couldn't you know, they were like, you know, we they won, but if we retaliate that makes us look like monsters and this is like a legal occupation because I definitely got the impression that, and they don't come out and tell you this, but the U S had fabricated a lot so that they could justify invading Canada. And they definitely didn't want the militia to get any kind of media voice.
1: Yeah, because the book starts out with, like, the White House being bombed, right? And the president is killed, and then Canada is blamed for it, so the U.S. goes to war with Canada. And it's obviously a parallel to, you know, us at war with Iraq for, allegedly for oil, but now it's Canada and water. I guess we don't need to look far to see
0: where BKV falls.
1: (laughs) Pride Um, of Baghdad, Jonesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of Dale's most horrifying scenes, you know, with, the, with those poor animals. The um, so I don't, I don't know either, Genzi. I, the, the end of the book was, you know, this this French actor is able to broadcast to the underground about how it pretty much probably is all about water, and it opened up the remaining Canadians' eyes to what the heck the war was about. So it probably did have a huge blow to the entire operation, if not the death blow, but. It, you're right. I can see how it would be a bit much for like these eight zilches to pretty much be the catalyst for all of that. And when you don't even really see any other militia ever.
2: Right. Yeah. The only thing that made me think that they won the war, as it were, was maybe uh, a quick line was dropped that this quadrillion gallons of, or leaders, of water was the was nice. the last remaining source of fresh water in Canada, and once that was r- rendered useless, I was under the impression that I was under the impression that they won the war. But ju- but you br- just brought up some great points, Jonesy. Is that it? Was did that really happen, or was that just my impressions? Because I, I mean, it didn't look. It still looked like beautiful uh the north the northern northwest territories that uh my friend Survivor Man camps in at least once a year it didn't look ma- like Mad Max Fury Road like it looked like there was plenty to be spared but that was also they were just you know uh the 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 story was just showing you like these slices of Canada the prison the one prison camp um but also now that i think about it hold on i think about it most of canada was already occupied by the u.s anyway so i think this militia was just fighting for the northwest territories at this point
0: but then why would the great lakes factor in so heavily are they in what's considered the canadian northwest territories i don't i don't think so right
1: all right, we're, uh, we're nitpicking a little bit. We, too we much. are. We, all, we are spending a lot of time on the ending, but I, I just know that that maybe this was the last safe hold. And you're, you're right, Dale. It was probably just like they the eight that stumbled upon this base that was on top mm-hmm. of. Like, if that if their base was destroyed at any point, it would have tainted the water. So that's like why their final battle was so surgical. Was such a stronghold that they couldn't like just blow up that whole area because it would destroy the right. water. But, um, the, I would, when, when Jonesy, Jonesy, um, you know, we, we poke fun at Jonesy for saying how he finished a week in in advance and tells us that he's done five times. And now, now that we've said this, he's going to do it next week. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm an idiot snake, et cetera. I
0: feel like I've, (laughs) I've passed my, uh, faltering deprecation crown to Dale.
1: I don't know. Oh, gosh. Um, but reading this Gen Z said it was a lot of text i actually felt like i blew through the story really fast in, in the six issues it i don't i generally s- say that i like shorter stories but i kind of feel that maybe this was too short or too contained i don't know maybe i maybe i just read it too fast but i felt like it it I, it felt like it was too short
0: <laughs> see i had the the opposite reaction to where i would finish an issue finish an issue excuse me and I would have to go back and reread certain pages because I wasn't sure if I'd gotten all the info. And, uh, you know, it, the basic premise of each uh, issue is clear, uh, but there are sometimes when, like, for instance, when we, we meet Amber's brother, and I was certain that he had died in the scene in the cabin when he basically... He kind of shows her that secret passage, and he walks out to the uh, the gang of uh, the you know the typical U.S. death squad, and uh, I thought they had opened fire. And then when he arrived later in the book, I found myself having to go back and making sure I read what I read. So maybe that was that that had to be a fault of mine, because BKV is is such an excellent storyteller that I'm sure Mm -hmm. that it was my shortcoming and not his. But while I read this probably six issues in the space of an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minutes, I found myself backpedaling a lot to kind of pick out some things I had missed along the way.
2: Yeah, I did notice the... I, I mean, like I said, I think it was cool how ambitious the story was, but how contained it was. But I also think that the story, because of it, kind of relied on somebody mentioning the one thing in passing, like how I just picked up maybe that that was the best and re- only remaining source of water that the U.S. had to overcome. Maybe a, a, a lot of the uh, the. St- Storytelling and the story moving forward was was solely reliant on somebody saying something like the famous uh like you guys brought up the famous canadian uh comedian turned actor Laz Lepage he like started you know becoming the face of something and then the the american um was like concerned that now the American, that the Canadians that the oppressed Canadians have uh you know somebody to look up to and fight for and then it kinda like never really it got explored because that was almost like too big of a concept for how self contained a story was or something.
0: And maybe that's what the the ultimate nag was for me was that there are so many great concepts that he puts in this Elseworld story essentially that six issues, to your point, Matt as a drink, is not enough to explore all the interesting things he kind of puts in. So they're all just tidbits.
1: The 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 bit you mentioned about missing certain things and the read and going to have to read, read back. I did have one moment where the uh, French celebrity. Starts broadcasting to the to the underground. I was like, "Well, how the hell did that happen?" And then I like I missed one panel where the woman says, "You know, pick up their their mask receiver. I'll hack it so that you can broadcast mm-hmm. to so and so."
2: Yeah, I actually had well, to like, go back and read that same exact point because I'm like, "Isn't he just broadcasting to the American, like the heads of the war? Isn't he just like speaking mm-hmm. to them at this point?" But then I missed the fact that she said she would hack the uh, helmet.
0: Which is convenient yeah. that she just hack. convenient into the world wide web
1: worm i feel I feel like um vitamin b k v has like certain things in his books that are like super genius, <laughs> maybe like one standout or like the hook of a story um for this one, I feel like the virtual reality torture was like a holy crap moment oh yeah, this is obviously the future of war torture i think that how they made this woman feel like she was being burned alive and drowned at the same time over and over again using you know high-end virtual reality simulations until she gave up the data i feel like
0: the entire book might have been based on that scene that he wrote and he was essentially building a world where he could use it (laughs) Uh, because i mean that point in the book it was the wow moment when you realize that her getting doused in gasoline and uh, being thrown into a vat of gasoline while on fire is all unreal. And then to break her in with the, the most perverted moment and comics I think I've read in a long time since crossed uh, they create a virtual reality program where her revered uh, dead policeman father, who was essentially her hero, is just going to uh make sweet love to her over and over again and she just immediately caves and gives up the intel. I was like really astonished in the worst way possible uh that that was a thought that somebody had. Like it was my crossed moment. <laughs> uh but I thought that maybe for BKV that's like that book. this is uh this is a centerpiece that I could use to kind of illustrate how terrible one side can be towards the other during war now that I have it let me think of a story that I can fit this in like I that jumped out at me as, as maybe the the premise mm-hmm. of the whole book well at the very
2: least he had that notion of a good idea of like the future of torturing people for information and he you know he probably wrote it down in his uh, special edition Red Field notes book that he probably received via snail mail by one uh, Dale underscore A across the country. And he probably wrote it down and has been sitting in that book until he could fit it into a story, which actually kind of works with We Stand On Guard. So that's cool.
1: <laughs> how many How many people listening right now do you think uh, got that reference? When I mean, when was, how many episodes ago was that? Probably. Oh my God! It was an extreme 70, callback. Seventy, 170? You, you're just you're just
2: picking numbers. Just <laughs> fine. But maybe I mean I mean you know it, it, my personal favorite. I was just thinking today is when somebody uh, brings up via letter or tweet a super like inside baseball joke that they're definitely in on because they've been with us from the beginning and I love them for it. So that that's that was for them. That was for them. <laughs>
1: um one of the my favorite uh wolverine memories was a, like a four issue story that steve skross wrote and drew uh in the in the wolverine title i think it was probably the early 2000s and that was i think the only stuff i had ever known of of his work and i tried to find other stuff for like oh, i wonder if he ever did wolverine before this or after and i think that was it but his His art in this is just like a it's like a blessing mm. in comics just to have him come in and do a six issue story you know maybe we'll see him again another ten years or whatever, but I felt like it was a perfect match for this book. His designs on like the kind of mech uh war vehicles was great seeing it in action i mean he can he can pretty much do everything in comics, and it was all mm-hmm. beautiful.
0: I could have read a hundred pages of amber like poaching deer like tracking just no words just him drawing that scenario yeah but for like a 250 page graphic novel Yeah. i thought it was gorgeous i
2: really dug her uh, the character design of amber and during that whole sequence was i don't know it was just really stellar like her out, her outfit and the uh, this like the snowy white look of her outfit against, like, the Canadian wilderness, and it's, I don't know, it was, re- it was really beautiful, just like everything else in the book. I mean, the the pet kai wolf, uh, half coyote, half wolf, because of the uh, mm-hmm. the ruined territories that both species were driven out of, and they had to start procreating with each other. I and, mean, yeah, it's just world-building it right there. How
1: about that adorable scene between the, the animal and the, I think, the Canadian... Or the French actor, where they were, like, accepting death, and they <laughs> yeah. hugged. And even the dog was just, like, had this accepting <laughs> sad face, was so adorable. Yeah, there are
2: great moments like that. And no, uh, and w- what about the, what did you guys think of the reveal that the, the American pulled up the confession of, the, like, the Canadian prime minister that they, based on Canadian intel, it was advised that they basically start
0: the war preemptively i don't think you could believe that even for an instant i think uh even amber picks apart the fact that the final speech that the american gives is full of lies and misdirection so if they have top-notch virtual reality uh projection mm-hmm. i'm sure it's no hard task to have a vr simulation of somebody saying oh we attack first like that uh that VR simulation of uh,
2: Ben Richards fighting Captain Freedom. Whoo! I tell you, no? No. I don't. I don't get that reference. I'm sorry. The running Man. Sorry, guys. Really, <laughs> f that
1: one up. Sure, we'll get people at replying me agreeing <laughs> or with me. you, or me, and then, you, and then Jonesy will fave it, and then Dale will fave it. The Fave Brothers will tag team a tweet.
0: <laughs> uh, Fave Brothers. But I enjoyed, I,
1: I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. We stand on guard. I felt it was a it was a great little package. Um, you know, it wasn't. I could see Jonesy's points, and I can see Dale's points, and I. But I, mm-hmm. I, I greatly enjoyed it.
0: Uh, yeah, I, we, I liked it. it. I, it's very, not very often that a book evokes that kind of emotional response, and that's, I guess, you know, the point of writing, right, is to get that from your reader, whether they like it or not like it, they're still thinking about it. Yeah, it was I mean, it was just
2: cool. Like it felt like more of, a, I I definitely like other than the fact that it was between the U.S. and Canada, I didn't I didn't pick up on any political undertones, like as as much as it was just this just the backdrop for a cool like war kind of story, like uh, Red Dawn or like it was just a good a good story that you could read and enjoy. And I really liked it. I mean, I really did.
1: And I think that's why you didn't get any kind of political, um, you know, machinations. Cause it's just, I mean, not, I was about to say it's just Canada, but it's Canada. It's not the middle East or it's not, you know, Syria or Iran mm-hmm. where you kind of already have a, a set expectation for that kind of story. But in this one, it's just so weird, and yeah, that you don't you don't get bogged down by it. Yeah, taken out of the story, and I think that kind of helps take the sting out a little bit. Like it's
2: just not, it's not as real feeling because of it. Mm-hmm. But and it just it gives the story a way to, uh, it gives the reader a way to enjoy just this like eighties action movie kind of plot. It was really cool. Yeah,
1: we stand on
0: guard. We got your letters, I'm gonna open them up, Farrington's gonna read them (laughs) to to you. You. Our first letter is a one-liner from our dear friends of the show, our sponsors, uh, our compatriots, uh, the wonderful Sarah Titus of the comic book shop, Wilmington, Delaware. Uh, she writes, damn, Jonesy, way to end that letter with bummerific implication of suicide. Mm. Uh, her, uh, am, of course, referring to the most least uh, popular segment of the uh, paper keg Slim Kit, which is, uh, of course, my newsletter. I may have generalized and said we could be just days away from ending it all. Of course, I meant the slim to kit. Now, might have been overtones of you know suicide.
1: I think that was, I almost sent out a tweet from the main account saying, get email referencing Jonesy's suicide <laughs> comments. Now I have to read his Friday newsletter.
0: I mean, you don't have to. You could just, you know, like everybody else just... Well, I had to
1: check in on things at that point. Right.
2: He's got a, He, I mean, he is part of this brand. He's got a brand,
0: brand to protect, like it or not. Yeah. I like to feel that when everybody gets that Patreon email that, you know, the Friday newsletter has arrived, there's a lot of swipe archive Like oh, I'm gonna get to that swipe archive. Oh yeah, I'll get to that swipe archive.
1: Just you just have to remember suicide is not on brand for paper. That's true. It's
0: not not part of the uh, the overall vision of the uh, the paper cake radio
1: syndicate. No, it's not. It's not the charter.
2: (laughs) It's not only the part that we didn't sign the concrete corner of the concrete (laughs) pad that we had poured. Uh, next up is from uh, friend and official show intern Matt HH, subject title The Flap West. I uh, wonder if that was a, a purposeful callback to our uh, ill-fated sister show, Paper Keg West. That lasted 10 episodes or so.
1: Uh, oh, last week so over and the still, seven and still, years. Shows, up, still um, shows up first before Paper Keg. Weren't you supposed to make some calls to iTunes to uh, see if you could have them change that? I, I tried, and
2: I've I have, I have heard nothing. Maybe I should create a new iTunes account and uh, bug them some more. But yes, when you do search Paper Keg in iTunes, another show shows up before our show. Last week, I made myself an unofficial representative of the flap when I got called on stage at the Harmontown podcast live show. That was episode 179 San Francisco Sketchfest to discuss the vasectomy I got back in 99 and having a sperm extraction last year because I'm getting remarried and my fiance and I are thinking about having kids. You can listen to the whole episode or just jump straight to my segment which begins at 81 minutes. I come in at 83 minutes and 50 seconds. Dale, we should maybe we should compare notes. Uh, signed Matt PS Books I'm loving right now, Huck, Fade Out, Deadly Class, Weird World, and Lazarus. I'm just okay on Gaiman's Miracle Man, though I'm glad to hear something is actually supposed to happen in the next six issues. Thank you, Matt H, and congratulations for getting on the Harmontown podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's crazy. I mean, I, I guess that's, that's what could happen, right? You get a vasectomy... And uh, you know, fifteen years later, you're aiming to, to have more kids, possibly. And then you got—I don't know—what do they do? It's probably something from the Running Man. They got to do. They got to—they got to <laughs> stick a long needle in your Vans deference, your Al Dente Vans, and uh, extract your baby maker juice. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, put that in some kind of freezer until it's time.
0: Until time to get ready. That was the most That's medical de-
2: description.
0: Of a sperm extraction I've ever heard. That sounds like the most painful thing on the planet. Sperm sounds extraction.
1: Like, Ugh. Sounds accurate. It sounds medically accurate, if you ask me.
0: Yeah. <coughs> so, uh, wow. Yeah, that's... I don't mean to be uh, a Loofington, mm. but is the Harmontown podcast something of note that maybe just is not on my radar? Is It, it sounds like maybe they're
1: comedians so is that the is that the uh harman from community fame oh is yeah it dan
2: Harmon. it's, it's dan it? Harmon's oh, podcast okay. yeah right. but it's uh usually live i think it's always live actually because he does like a he does like a little stage show where he gets on stage and does his podcast live and people like pay or maybe it's free and just go and see him do it sometimes they play dnd um but it's just like it's it's of no I think people dig it I just I like I have a hard time getting into Dan Harmon speak because hmm. he's like very he goes off on tangents and he he doesn't stay on the subject very very aptly so I can't engage I got to disengage
1: <laughs> Do you still listen to uh, the my brothers uh podcast
2: Yeah yeah I love I love that podcast but you know i'm I'm back in audiobooks now so it's been two two three weeks since i listened but yeah they're my go-to my brother my brother and me give them a quick plug you know i'm sure they would do the same for us i don't know i saw
1: that not. uh alec baldwin interviewed the makers of the how to make a murderer
0: amazing interview yeah i haven't listened to it yet. it's
1: really good I Best ch- interview in town, that Alec Baldwin.
0: Uh, I'm telling you, here's the thing. Might be my favorite show.
2: He's good. I'm starting to, when I listen, you know, I find myself trying to do my impression of Alec Baldwin, which kind of, like, <laughs> starts to make me see the cracks. It takes you out of it a little bit. Plaster. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I can't get his voice down, but I'm getting his mannerisms, his method down.
1: Mm-hmm. He's an, He also, I feel like him and Harmon might be very similar in how he, he he can, like, attack an interviewer. Yes. Like, where he he can dig in and then just, like, drill into one section of an interview and and poke and poke and poke and say something and say something and not allow them to, to answer. Like, I would yell at my phone or car and yeah, say, like, yeah. just give him a G-damn minute to answer the question you just asked. <laughs> yes, exactly. want to hear the answer. Because then he just immediately goes to the next one, like, way too fast.
2: Yeah, that's... You completely nailed it. That's what... That's one of the things it's like, man, I like three, like three quarters of that drill down ago. I really wanted to hear the response to one of the questions you rapid fired asking him and didn't give him a chance to like the Carol Burnett interview was like that. And uh, a couple other ones. But,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I just finished uh, the Carol Burnett one. That one was... Well, there's one point that was really interesting about the interview that she had said. Um, I can't remember. He was asking her something about is she funny off air or is she like like that all the time, or I can't remember what or is, like does your hus- did your husband think you were funny and her answer was really strange. I can't remember she's like, no, I'm just I'm quiet at home. I don't do anything. It reminded me of um like any Johnny Carson story I ever read mm-hmm. where he isn't on like, he's not like going to entertain guests. If he's not, if he's not doing Carson show, he's just kind of alone or quiet. It's always fascinating to me. People that are like, you know, regarded as the funniest people on the planet. Mm -hmm. But like when the, when the lights are off, they're like just quiet to the world.
2: And she almost implied at a certain point that she uh, would let her husband kind of shine in the spotlight when the mm-hmm. show when the cameras weren't rolling like especially when he's trying to i guess woo guests because he was a producer and uh, i guess in the home life too she would like she would just let him do his thing and it almost seemed like very old school way
1: yeah and she yeah, she said how when she wanted changes made to the script she talked about how she would approach the male writers with that idea in hopes that it wouldn't get viewed as yeah What's, Carol being bossy or wanting her way, which I thought was really interesting.
2: Yeah, because I mean, she, it, she nailed it. Because it's like if if she were to throw a little fit, like within seconds, they would just call her a b, and like that would be her reputation just because she was unhappy with something the the way the male writers did something. Like they would develop an opinion of her just because she was a woman. Yeah. so she knew how to handle them back then it was it was kind of cool but again like you know he's drilling in drilling
1: drilling drilling he does have for certain guests i guess most guests he always has kind of a deep knowledge of them but he was pulling out references that are like 50 years old yeah names that like really only alec baldwin and like you know a select other few people could just rattle off and Carol was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So so I have a story about that. It was very you know, very Alec Baldwiny. That's that's one of his big pros in that show. Yeah, he's he's got an encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah, he's got the chops because
2: you can tell that when he was a kid growing up, he watched Carol Burnett and he knew the names of all the people that were on that show. And he knew, like, had a deeper... Obviously, I think if you're Alec Baldwin's age, you have probably a deeper knowledge of Bob Mackey and, you know, the costume designer for Carol Burnett. And he's, like, he went on to do great things. But the... It was cool to have, that, like, his personal knowledge. And yet really came through with the, uh, the Jimmy Fallon interview, too. Mm. Because of his just, like, off... Like, he wasn't on. It was just him and what he knew in his head and he brought that into the interview and it just seemed so natural and funny. There you have it. So that was our 15-minute tangent on Not Our Show.
1: We don't have any other letters, right? No, thankfully. Next week, who knows what's going to happen. You know... All bets are off. Dale's in charge. Editing, posting, announcement post.
0: Maybe we take a two-week vacation.
1: You know? <laughs> to,
0: to
2: be, be fair, Slim, that, uh, Slim gave me clearance to do that, and I uh, I said no. Jonesy, I spoke for both of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was wondering why that never filtered down to me. <laughs> I mean, technically we could with the roundtable app posting, you know, one week you know i'll let you guys talk about that let's not forget i have b
0: shares only i have no voting rights
1: I was going to say, we never did reference uh, Dirk, feel good, catcher, mm. you know, suggesting some time apart, some time off, you know, lick our wounds, I so won't, to speak. I
2: won't acknowledge that, you know. I can't. I, do that.
1: <laughs> I think you're just afraid <laughs> if we, we take one week off, one week turns into forever. That's like your ultimate nightmare. Definitely. It's definitely When we not. got
0: rid of uh, monthly comics, and then we didn't read a monthly comic for like a year. Definitely.
1: It's definitely my <laughs> So ultimate. we take one week off. That means we're never going to record <laughs> again.
2: Gonna, uh, uh, we had, we didn't take a week off when we were had people not paying for us. Now we're going to take a winter break.
1: I mean, we wouldn't even really take a week off. We would just post the roundtable episode as its own week. And then, you know, figure something out for that other week. It's like saying you're going to go on a break and you're going to be scared that you're you're... Partner is gonna find something better in like the next day, or Mm -hmm. and then it's all gonna be over in a in a heartbeat.
2: Like Ross and Rachel, (laughs) breaks
1: my heart. Never, I never got into friends. Mm. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I think we'll be fine. I think we uh, have wormed ourselves into each other's personal lives to the point where we'll never be apart, really, Dale, in here, in the heart box.
2: Nice, let's just cancel the show then. Let's cancel the whole thing.
1: <laughs> right. Uh well, I mean we're on top of the mountain. All the other comic podcasts have come and gone. You know?
0: Yeah, we really are the outer reaches of comic book
1: podcasts. How many how many comic podcasts have gone in the three hundred numbers? There's that iFanboy, Boy, probably, maybe.
0: There's uh our good friends ever at Major Spoilers are in the five hundred. Your, your dear
1: friends and major spoilers.
0: Mm-hmm. Get the pe- the people you love to hate and you
2: can't tear yourself away from. Uh, you can't not mute them.
1: It's yeah, actually is that the one is that the one account that you refuse to mute, Jonesy, mm-hmm. just so you can get that fire going just, in your heart. <laughs> just so I can
0: send you guys links to the tweets that really <laughs> stir me up. I just don't think you know if you're if you're lucky enough to be able to give up your real life job to provide a entertainment service that you should ever make issue a complaint ever again. And that's just my thought. Well said. I, I could be wrong. I could be way out of line, but I don't think I am. You know?
1: I don't, I don't know.
2: I don't know. There you have it. <laughs>
1: What was the other thing I was going to bring up? Oh, the show post, uh, red hot fire that (laughs) Jonesy was serving up. You know, Dale was probably juggling his two kids, cooking dinner with his foot, doing the dishes, taking the trash out, you know. I I mean, mean, these are just the horror stories of having two kids. I just have to learn from both of you, (laughs) Uh, you know, through osmosis. And
2: it's been, it was a rough day. I mean, it's going to be a rough week. I have to pick up my kids every day from school. I normally don't pick them up. My wife does that, but she is unable to. So it's just like I had to get it in
0: and out. You know, I had to get it in and out. You know, I apologize for this one troll in the last five years that I actually got somebody with. And now here I am apologizing for it on a podcast because I hurt Dale's feelings. You know, Too I try. vitriolic, I says. try, you know. It's like... <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just low-hanging fruit. You vultures uh, just pick it off.
1: mercy. Nah. we have uh, we have a roundtable episode to do man I mean, how many issues how many issues do you read for this roundtable episode gen Z six
0: Jesus God. h Christ. well last Christ. time I just wanted to do two and Dale Christ. called me to the carpet like I was a GD whatever gypsy. Yeah, okay first, no
2: need to over exaggerate we've uh, you've read two we've always done two and a paper and of lightning round <laughs> since we started the roundtables so then you go and you read six and you blame me. <laughs> Uh, actually, I had a great time. I'm, That's
0: why I read six.
1: It might be Jonesy might have to take my turn because I think I now that I realize that I might have only read two. You Only so read we'll two.
2: Ever since we started the <laughs> <a> round table, <laughs> I had to <laughs> check my
1: notes. I had to check my notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Need to check. You want to talk about?
2: Is conveniently you're going to take the amount of time it takes to read a comic while checking your notes? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Almost on checking my notes here, guys. Don't reveal my secrets. My inner secrets this show
2: now i might have three and a half oh, my under word. my belt four maybe my word. if i want to talk about a bad one in our monthly roundtable
1: uh-oh a bad one well, not bad but wait did i talk about paper girls
0: last roundtable i believe you did damn it you were catching up on paper girls and huck oh yeah wait did i talk about huck on here no mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he did
1: that sounds, uh, sounds like you're mixing is podcasts it, hold
0: on is it the uh, the main hero is a small town guy with powers and yeah, the whole that town was, warns? Uh, that
1: was the other podcast I do
0: uh, maybe I was sure. listening to a and I thought it was round table you know you're just everywhere yeah. Slim you dominate my social media world and I won't apologize for it
1: mm-hmm. no word <laughs> I know what I can talk about. Going through my recently purchased list right now. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. Nailed it.
0: I think we should end on that
2: sarcastic I nailed it. I, that's the same with paper girls, too. I don't know if you talked about... Maybe you talked
1: about that, but I don't think you did. Let's get the intern on it. Paper Paper girls and I guess I could check the notes for the previous this is this is, people don't want to hear this right yeah people don't want to hear they don't want to hear this know, behind the scenes crap
2: <laughs> us at each other's throats they don't yeah. want to hear that stuff you know?
1: near the end Jonesy referencing mm-hmm. the end ending it all you know going off brand
0: you guys just need to relax maybe you guys need to vacation Jonestown Town. You guys want some Kool-Aid and some Reeboks